You are listening to To The Top Talk with Jamie Arrington. Thank you, Jamesy. Southern Miss Black Ops tailgate legend, Jason Bailey. Bump is uh, pretty good. Andy Wizard of Whiskey himself, Mr. Shanglock. But the reality is... They don't know, man! I've been looking forward to To The Top Talk. You know, I have that with myself every night. Look, for all you listen today, I'm not an idiot. What's going on? What's happening? How you guys doing? Welcome to To The Top Talk presented by BetUS. Here with your break from all the High Resource 5 propaganda to talk about the University of Southern Mississippi Golden Eagles. Life is back on sports bettors and BetUS has your NCAA, NBA, NHL, UFC, PGA, and yes, NFL betting lines up for their 27th year and live betting on all of it. Log in to BETUS.com or call 800-792-3887. That's 800-79-BETUS. BETUS for 125% bonuses with our promo code TTTT125. Customer service pros are ready to get your phone, social, and online sports betting kickoff started now. Play with the proven mainstay in the industry, BETUS. You bet you win, you get paid. BetUS.com. Joining me now, Southern Miss Black Ops tailgate legend, Jason Bailey. Greetings and salutations, fellas. Nice to be back after this holiday weekend, and nice to be 2-0. and And the wizard of whiskey himself, Shane Lott. What's up, boys? Uh, and I have to go ahead and, and uh, make a confession there. That was a staged thump because – uh, I'm drinking Maker's Mark tonight, and the screw-off cap just doesn't sound as cool here. <laughs> so I heard some wax. Um, yeah, there's a little little wax in there. There's a nice, happy, happy-sounding thump. Yeah, Maker's was calling my name from the shelf, and uh, then I got my my bottles arranged uh, with some glassware for the evening. And then I looked at the bottles, and I said, "Those damn things have screw-on caps." That's not going to thump. This isn't going to work at all. Well, Shane, I know me and Jason had a great Saturday. How was your Saturday? Um, man, it was good. It was the, I, I watched uh, some Southern Miss football. I didn't have to listen to it on the radio again, uh, because, uh, CBS sports is just unavailable to me. And, uh, we officially have a win streak, gentlemen. Ah, what in in what a terrific way to go out uh, of the year. I mean, you you look at everything the team's gone through this year. You look at kind of how they've evolved. And if you would have said, okay, beginning of the season, you're going to lose all your quarterbacks, and you're going to have Frank Gore playing quarterback, and you're going to win some games. <laughs> I mean, well, I say Frank Gore playing quarterback. Frank Gore playing superback. If you would have said superback, if you would have said we're going to have a starter at superback, and like, what are you talking about? I mean, like you're making up words, man. You're making up <laughs> words, and he, yet here um, we are. I will say that I believe in the first episode before football season, uh, Jamie. I think it was you that that uh, made kind of a, um, uh, a deeply troubling, foreshadowing comment that we didn't see coming. But uh, you made the comment somewhere along the lines of the season will go how Trello's health goes. Well. The season kind of went how Trey Lewis health went. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. But, hey, we're here. We'll take it. 
It was a tremendous end of the season, made for an exciting day of football, and really a fun day out at the Rock. I think the crowd was listed at twenty thousand, which is fine. It's the it's the it's the post gate Thanksgiving Day crowd, but there was more excitement in the air than you would have anticipated. I, I was really surprised when I got to Eagle Walk and I saw how many people were out there. It was it was uh, it was encouraging given the way the season has played out. You know we don't. Eagle Walk for some reason. Uh, that's a really cool thing. It's kind of developed into a. Um, it's it's something that we. It's it's, it's kind of you can't miss it, right? Uh, when you get there, you have to kind of plan around uh, when do I have to be over at Eagle Walk. It was cool yet again. I got to walk in it this time, you know, with the Seymour Sidekicks thing. So second time I've ever walked in Eagle Walk. I hope somebody got my picture. I did yeah. not hear anybody uh, call my name and say they were taking my picture. But if they do have that picture, I'd like to have it, please. I was too busy trying to decide whether or not to throw something at Jack. <laughs> I thought you were going to throw fire, like airline bottles of fireball at him. I think that was the plan, but he's he's elusive. Yeah, quick, the, you know those little ones are quicker than they look. Yeah, he's 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 pretty feisty, but he uh, can definitely get but, into some uh, serious trouble. And I'm not. Yeah, yeah he definitely gets some serious trouble. I'm not going to try to attempt to name everybody that I ran into this weekend, but it was, it was so many people that we ran into, uh, you know, some listeners of the show, some just people I hadn't seen in a while, uh, some folks went to college with. I'm sure we'll get into some of that at the shout outs, but really, really a fun, you know, regardless of the outcome, which the outcome was tremendous. It was a, it was a really it was an, to me, it was an impressive day on the campus of the University of Southern Mississippi, given the circumstances of having coming into the game with a two and nine record. Right. Yeah, I'll, I'll, t- I'll tell you this, too. And I know we don't shame people for not going to games because that doesn't work. But this is why you go to the games. You know, this is uh, I know it's a holiday weekend. People travel. I get it. Um, those that could have come and just decided not to. Uh, well, you and I just don't have the same feeling that I have right now. You know, this smile that you can't just can't get off my face. Um, you can't experience all the highs without the lows, for sure. And um, this Saturday was a party at the Rock, and I'm sure glad I was there and wish you would have been there, too. And, you know, one of the big hits from the weekend, one of the big hits from the weekend was, you know, our, our buddy Patrick Lowry helped design them. And you went and got some printed up, but we had Superback shirts. Mm-hmm. So I'm sitting there on the side of Eagle Walk, and Will Hall comes up to me, and he said, where is your Superback shirt? Did he? (laughs) Yeah, he did. He did. Yeah. So I got a kick out of that. He was fired up at practice. You know, he invited us out. Um, He wanted wanted a shirt, and um, and Coach Joseph uh, got the other – the running backs coach uh, got got a shirt. And um, so I said, well, look. I can bring them to you, you know, just whenever you want. And uh, he said, well, why don't you come to practice Friday? You know, I don't go to a lot of those things, so that was kind of cool. So I got a few of the guys together. Um, who all was there? Me, Reagan, Patrick, uh, Kevin Rogers, Philip. Uh, that might have been it. Anyway, so we go out to practice and um, and watch it for about an hour, hour and a half, and they're having such a good time out there, you know, for a team that has only won two games to that point, man. It was really, really cool just watching those guys run around and have fun. And um, then after practice was over, coach came, you know, walking over there and wanted to get a quick picture. And so then I said, man, you know, okay, if we get the super backs in here, 
So he called them all, you know, back kind of they're headed to the locker room, called them back in and they came over and got a picture and they love the shirts. Uh, so it was, it was, it was neat, man. The super back thing is people really latched onto it and, um, and tur- the shirts turned out fantastic. So thank you again to Patrick Lowry for coming up with that design. And we, Patrick's a talented dude that and not just like locally there in Hattiesburg, that the super bag thing kind of uh, created some national buzz and uh, it made the last two games a uh, whole lot of fun. That's for sure. Well, you know, uh, D. Michael, D. Michael Harris yeah. up, uh, from the Indianapolis Colts. He said, I got to have one. How so much we're, fun? So, so, would, so we're sending him one this week. <laughs> how much fun would it have been to watch that dude play super back? Outstanding. And I don't just, know if it had been fair. And just for the listeners out there, if anybody's interested, we 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 should have these up for sale on our website. Um, if you go to jamierington.net slash to the top talk, we have not uh, put down the funds to secure to the top talk.com, but we have jamierington.net slash to the top talk. <laughs> the link will be in our bios, and if you click on the link, there will be a button to push for to the top talk merchandise, and we will have them up on this page. And as soon as we get them up, I will make a post on social media as well. So, yes, we will make them available for everybody and for you to order at your peril. Hell, we might as well just take the design and sling it on mugs and stickers and flags and everything else, too, while we're at it. Sure. Oh, man, I might need a need a mug, a super back mug. That'd be fun. I'm definitely going to need some stocking stuffer material. Uh, and just know for the listeners out there that in a roundabout way, every dollar uh, that you spend on that site that uh, that finds its way back to, to the top talk ends up back in Southern Miss athletic programs through the purchasing of season tickets and and uh, other booster clubs. That's a fair point. And then some. So, yeah, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> and a lot a lot more, <laughs> a whole lot more. Um, uh, I don't, th- you know, uh, maybe if you guys bought uh, 10 to 15 million T-shirts, uh, <laughs> that that may My seats for... would be a hell of a lot better at The Rock. We would yeah. have the To the Top Talk indoor practice facility and slash bar and grill. For sure. So uh, we haven't even talked to the game yet. We're just talking about the atmosphere, how much fun we have. Before we get to the game, uh, Jason, you were able to talk to uh, a special guest that we had at The Rock this weekend. Yeah, so the guys from College Football Tour uh, hit us up. I think they hit us all up. And anyway, we, we were talking with them, and, and they did. This is uh, this was actually stop number 92 on their quest to uh, go to every one of the FBS stadiums. And um, they were able to hit Mississippi State on Thursday, South Alabama on Friday, and us on Saturday. They could not have been nicer. Um, it was really enjoyable to talk to Andrew and Olin. And Andrew was kind enough to take about five minutes with us and just tell, it what, tell us what it's all about. And so that's what we talked about. Jason Bailey here at the Tailgate Tent, uh, to the Top Talk Tailgate Tent. Um, a, little, a little less people around campus today uh, than, than normal probably, but it's a 107 right now getting ready to walk into the Rock Senior Day versus FIU. But we have a very special guest that stopped by the Tailgate Tent. Um, Andrew from College Football Tour has stopped by. And uh, Andrew, what's up, man? Hey, I'm so glad to be here. Um, I've already I've already fallen in love with Southern Miss in the few moments I've been here, so I'm so glad to be here. Thank you. Yeah. Well, thanks for coming, and thanks for hitting us up on Twitter. Um, so, as far as like, what you guys actually do, I know you and Olin are here. Um, you started it before him. He joined in. But your goal is to make it to all the FBS stadiums. Is that right? 
That's correct. My goal is to not just go, but to experience a game day at all 130 FBS stadiums. And I know they're going to be extending my finish line pretty soon here with some additions. <laughs> uh, but I'll tell you what, it's all about... Um, it's all about really experiencing what makes every campus tick. What's special about college football is that every campus does it just a little bit differently. And so I'm so excited to showcase how Southern Miss uh, will do it a little bit, uh, do it in their way, in their special way. And already I'm super impressed. That's awesome. That, that's our mayor just walking by right there. I saw Mary, Mayor Toby Barker <laughs> oh, just walked good. by. That was very cool. Um, so you guys got here a few hours ago. I know two nights ago you were at Mississippi State on Thursday. Uh, last night you were at, uh, at South Alabama. Um, so you made your way back up here today. So as far as, you know, on campus today, uh, what are your initial thoughts? On campus today, I know that today is not right. what S oh, Southern Miss would be all about. <laughs> I get it. Yeah, It's a 1 in 10 FIU playing at a 2 in 9 Southern yeah. Miss. And I scheduled this <laughs> way in advance before I knew that. But listen, I can sense and I can see the difference between certain schools who are struggling and what they can do on a particular day that's special. I can see this place packed. I can see Southern Miss as a special place. The energy is great, and the hospitality has been absolutely to the top. And yes, I did that on to purpose. The top. Um, it really, really has. Everybody's reached out to me and been so wonderful about welcoming me and showing me the ropes and making sure that I understand what Southern Miss is all about. And this is a place to be proud of. And we will definitely be back. Absolutely. We love it here. Okay. So when we first got to campus, we, we started off, we took you by the hub, which is kind of the student union, right? Uh, we saw where... Supposedly, Jimmy Buffett met Fingers Taylor, started yeah. off the core way for band, right? Yeah. Uh, so Jimmy Buffett actually went to school here in the late 60s, uh, played on the football team for a little bit. After that, we went by Eagle Walk, ran you through that, then went over to Spirit Park to hear Muscadine Bloodline play. Um, of those, I mean, and that's, that's a small portion of campus, but we took you those three things, uh, through those three things. I mean, what were your thoughts on those? Again, I kind of come back to the energy and the, mm -hmm. the experience of this place. I mean, being able to... And let me also say, did you mention the fact that we did the Eagle Walk? Right. I, I did not yet. Yeah, 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 because that, let me tell you, like, there are certain places that on a good game day, the mm -hmm. Eagle, the, the, the team walk is not something to really celebrate. I'm not sure. going to mention any team names today. But I will say that Southern Miss has shown that even on a day that... You know, they, there could be people that just decided, eh, screw it today. It was incredible. I mean, yeah. the fan turnout, the band, the power, the feeling of all of that. I can tell what this place is all about. And that, that stood out to me mostly. The campus, though, is beautiful. The experience is wonderful. I love Spirit Park. I say that right? Mm -hmm. Spirit Park. Uh, Spirit Park is fantastic. Um, what a great little area and what a great community of fans. Honestly, I'm just I'm just blown away. Well, we're so glad you guys came by. And, um, and but but for the listeners out there that aren't familiar with your with your Twitter feed and, and your your whole shtick that you have going on, maybe hit them up with how they get in touch with uh, with campus football, with a uh, college football tour and how that goes down. Thank you. Yes, um, my website is collegefootballtour.com. You can uh, find me on Twitter at college underscore FB underscore tour. And then I'm also on Instagram and I'm most proud of my YouTube page, which gives you a four and a half minute episode of every campus I've been to, gives you kind of a feeling of what I'm going through and gives you a sense of what it is like to be at a game day at every particular school. 
Awesome. Well, Andrew, we appreciate it, man. And uh, we always close it the same way. I hope you don't just jack this up. Southern Miss. To the top. That's my man. That was Andrew from College Football Tour. You can check him out on social media platforms, but also at collegefootballtour.com. One of the funny things, of course, we recorded that before the game started, and you were able to leave them with a parting gift that they were able to take back (laughs) as a souvenir. So, you know, we talked about Jack earlier, my five-year-old getting into trouble. So we sit in the end zone, and he likes to run around in that little area – uh, in between uh, the end zone, um, the, the netting, and where the stands start, like, like most of the kids do. So he was running around, and I see him digging in a trash can. So I yell at him. I was like, son, get your ass out of that trash can. He says something to me, right? I like, son, get your ass out of that trash can. So he comes stomping up the stairs. He's like, dad, there's a football in the trash can. And I thought it was the little Nerf football, you know, that he had been playing with. I think one of the ROTC guys through a tomb or something anyway so finally i'm like damn it all right so i go down there and i'm planning on just reaching in there and getting this nerf football well, i look in and it's a real football like a, a college a, a actual football game football so, uh, so i grab it and pick it up yeah it was from the fiu guys i guess when the kickers were kicking one of them maybe like glanced off the netting or or the facade of, of the uh and came back down and landed directly in the trash can Nobody got it, so this guy got it <laughs> and handed it, to the, handed it to the college football tour guys. And he tweeted out something about it as well, like making a parallel between how their season's gone and finding a football in the trash can. <laughs> anyway, it was, I did see that tweet cool. and had no clue what was going on. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's a I, good story. I think it was – and, too, it, it was a running back ball. Like that, it, RB was written on the on the ball. Oh. so I don't know, but yeah, they could. I mean, like at this point with FA, FI, FIU, they were just like, you know, I don't think the rules really mattered. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a nice little find. So let's talk about the game itself. So Southern Miss comes out there again, rolling with the super back and come out guns blazing. Uh, Dejan Rajard kicked it off with a 29 yard run. Frank Gore on the day, two touchdowns through the air, two touchdowns on the ground, a monster day for Frank Gore, uh, among others. But, um, you know, really a really fun day at the Rock. The Golden Eagles tied their season high on points for the season with 37 points on route to a 37-17 victory. It's not the same as a film. I was like, what? Is it, it's like a, a <laughs> I heard it. I just letting it roll. It's like a rat trap <laughs> it's, or something. It's not. Yeah, it's not the same. That's such janky. But what, but yeah, what lots can I do? Of, uh, but yeah, lots of positives in the game. Uh, specifically, like that first like 10, 15 minutes in real time, you know, like it's like we scored and then there was an interception, I think, and we scored and. Just score, 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 real quick. Uh, up twenty-one to nothing. Um, yeah, they they took that first drive down the field and then fumble the ball when they get in our uh-huh, territory. Yeah. We're able to you know take it right, but shove it right back down their throats, and then they get the ball back. And the next thing you know, there's an interception. Mm-hmm. So it was, uh, yeah, it was a great start to the game, and the, the guys were focused and motivated and amped up, and it was, uh, man, it was just a tremendous atmosphere there there at the Rock. Yeah, and then I mean. 
FIU hits a what 92 yard pass to they had a couple of really good receivers I mean you can't take it away from those guys that guy's fast he got behind our defense uh after that the the pick when we let a quarterback throw the football uh <laughs> never let a quarterback throw the football <laughs> is rule number one of superback offense because one quarterback attempted one pass in that game and it was an interception that shifted the momentum for a little while it really did I mean we were up 21 to nothing, but then, then they got that 92-ish yard pass uh, play touchdown where the guy just ran off and left us. And, and they kind of took momentum there for a few minutes. I mean, they, they scored another touchdown. Uh, it was, you know, was it 21-14 at half? Yeah. Um, and then, you know, it's it, the game was, was, you know, definitely not sealed uh anytime early early on because they came back and, and made a run at it but then um really in the second half when we went for it on the fourth and one uh from from that point on it, it was our football game you know you mentioned so I mentioned gore so gore was four for five for 81 yards two touchdowns and tavius willis four for four for 41 yards no touchdowns through the air or if Jason Goldstein was uh, the, the trick play there for the interception, that's what it is. Um, but yeah, I, I appreciate the creativity there, and I, it, it very easily could have gone better. But uh, Yeah, I like it. I like it. I like the call. You're up 21 nothing. I mean, you hit a big play for 28 nothing, and the place explodes, and, and the ball game's over before halftime. Um, it just didn't work out. On the ground, this is kind of interesting. So on the ground, Dejan Richard, 16 carries for 107 yards, one touchdown. Uh, Demarcus Jones, nine carries for 95 yards. Um, no, excuse me, nine carries for 90 yards. Frank Gore, 13 carries for 68 yards. And Tavius Willis, four carries for 49 yard for 59 yards. My reading is off. So you've got four running backs with 59 yards or more. I mean, we, we, we ended the day with 322 yards on the ground, which I believe should be our best rushing game of the season. I'd have to check the notes on that. If it's not, then then I haven't. It's got to be. I'm not sure we had 322 yards total. Yeah. That's, <laughs> I'm with Jason. That was uh, – so, yeah, I mean, really impressive. And, and you could see those holes opening up up front. So kudos – to the uh, to the offensive line. So yeah, so this is the first time Southern Miss has surpassed 300 rushing yards since December 2020, December 10th, 2020 against Florida Atlantic. So the last wow. game last year was the last time we rushed for over 300 yards. I like playing those South Florida schools and running the ball down their throat. Yeah, that's man, Richard. Really, I mean, he's young, he's a freshman, but really over the course of the season, really kind of, kind of found his role and, and, and kind of his place. And I'm really excited about him going forward. He's a really good running back. Uh, yeah, I've expressed my, my feelings on always having a Richard running back on the team. Uh, it's like, uh, Bassfield slash Jeff Davis kids. It's just, uh, just a good idea to have a few of those in your bag. So if there's a running back from Louisiana named Richard, uh, we need to go full on after them any point in time. Uh, Jones is a big dude and he's fast. And, uh, if I was a defensive back after he breaks through the first, uh, layer of, of folks there, I would be worried about tackling him because he's a little scary running down the field. Uh, and then you got Willis who is smaller, 
but uh, actually has a pretty good arm on him. Played quarterback in high school, is just fast as all get out, shifty vision. Just, I mean, he's he's technically a cornerback, but that guy is dangerous when the ball is in his hands. It's uh, man, that superback offense is just so much fun. You know, we talked about the, the rushing. We only had 122 yards through the air, but 98 of those went to Jason Brownlee. Five receptions, 98 yards, and two touchdowns. So Brownlee, who was a little banged up early in the season, now healthy or somewhat healthy, and you're really starting to see those results on the field. Just throw it up. Just throw <laughs> it up. Because everybody has – got to stay so, so stacked into the – in the box there that he's going to be one-on-one quite a bit. And if he's on, if he's one-on-one, you know, uh, he's got an, he's got a size advantage. You got a jumping advantage. So that's always, uh, it's always good to have. And you know, the best thing about this, maybe not the best thing, but you know, throughout the, throughout the year, we've said, you know, Frank Gore had 70 yards rushing and Richard had 40 yards, but we only had, uh, the team only rushed for 60 total yards. We had so many sacks this just eliminates all of that. Like we had, th- like Jamie said, we had 322 yards total rushing, and it, it was it was it was 330 total. So we only lost eight yards, right? Only losing eight yards in 43 rushing attempts is just insanity. Not to mention that we rushed for seven and a half yards of carry. <laughs> you won a whole lot of games doing that. Yeah, it looked good. A lot of pieces came together, and I mean, not to be understated because we beat up on them all season long, but. That offensive line 2D rotation was the same for those last three games. And I mean, those were arguably our best games of the season. Mm -hmm. Um, So, uh, you know, again, offensive line is a a position that takes some time. Uh, You got to really feel and know how that guy next to you plays. And it's not something that just clicks right away without some experience together. So uh, all those guys, except for Washington, who, who was, you know, a, anchor on on that right side at right tackle will be back next year so that you're replacing your right tackle and the rest of your two deep is back with with you know trial by fire year under their belts um i i uh you know not to set expectations for next year at this point but uh you know you're kind of skipping todd munkin's first year uh you're you're ending with a three and nine season this year uh, Munkin went on to win the division that, that third year of his after going three and nine. I don't necessarily expect us to compete for a division next year. Um, but before, you know, before we, we really established some momentum going into the off season, I thought next year was going to be a, a pretty good struggle. I'm thinking probably at this point, six or seven wins next year. Uh, could be realistic. And then, you know, the first first year that I expect us to be in the Sun Belt, uh, I fully expect Will Hall to have us competitive for division crowns and Sun Belt crowns uh, year one. So buckle up, Eagle fans. This is going to be fun. On the defensive side of the ball, the the two Ole Miss transfers uh, came away with the interceptions of Cavius Daniel and Jay Stanley. Jay Stanley, man, just uh, just a tremendous athlete back there. It's going to be fun to watch mm-hmm. those two con- continue to contribute. And that was the 20th turnover of the year um, on that first possession. So, um, you know, I know we turn over, turnover margin hasn't necessarily been in our favor this year, but it was really good to see us, uh, you know, close out uh, there, close out strong in the end. Uh, Cam Harrell forced his first fumble of the season. 
in a second of his career on their fourth drive. So, you know, kudos to Cameron Harrell on that as well. <laughs> Cameron. So we Southern Miss finishes the season three and nine on the year two and six in Conference USA, and uh, we'll obviously we'll 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 be one of the longest winning streaks heading into next season. <laughs> sure. <laughs> the two game winning streak. So um, it's it's nice to have some momentum going into the off season. We're about to get into um about to get into recruiting season. It's about oh, to be that's time. Just for, as much fun as actual football. This is about to be for time for us to, to sign some players. And it's really nice not to be um, all all up in a coaching search right now. Yeah. Or that's an athletic fun. director search or, you know. <laughs> yeah. It's, I don't know, like have some stability, you know. Like it seems yeah. like all of the good teams, all of the winning teams, um, they all have that. And we haven't had that in quite some time. But, yeah, this is a hell of a springboard in the recruiting. And when, when's the early signing day? Is that December 17th, right? Yeah. I, you know, 17th or 13th. 13th. Somewhere in there. I want to say it's the 15th. A couple weeks from now. I think it's the 15th. 15th. I think it's the 15th, yeah. Right in the middle. It's always, it's always on a Wednesday. So, yeah. Oh, and so let's just derail this conversation real quick. You talk about, like, momentum and everything. So some of the Southern Miss boosters, I don't know who, I'm obviously not in the, um, I'm not of this level apparently yet, but they got a flyer in the mail that said, Making History, Changing the Game, an event you will not want to miss. Mm-hmm. 03-26-2022, see you at the Rock. So it's March the 26th, something going on at the Rock. Haven't said exactly what it is just yet, so uh, that's going to be interesting to watch, but it really – I feel like it's something to do with the direction that we are heading. We've obviously made – we've already made the announcement to the Sun Belt. It's not that, but I, I feel like this is going to be something that's going to be um, you know, really significant as far as the, the trajectory that we're on. So we'll yeah, see what we're happens. Gonna, we're going to start a major Bitcoin mining operation and uh, roll all that money back into football. <laughs> if if we could have done that about ten years ago, we would be mm. doing all right. You know, this is completely taking this off in a in a tangent. But a buddy of mine uh, actually paid for his last semester of school at Southern Miss with Bitcoin. And if he would have held on to that today, it would have been worth like two point five million dollars. <laughs> oh my god! You want to? You want to? Yeah. You want to? You want to know why I'm talking to you right now? You know, because you did the same thing. <laughs> no, because my dad was I think he was the first person to sell Apple computers in Mississippi. He had Apple stock back in the 80s. He sold sure. it. And so that's why I'm sitting here right now. Oh, man. Um, He probably that's he, tough. To be fair, he probably did it to, like, pay for my me to go to the doctor, get shoes or whatever. <laughs> but. <laughs> Uh, you know, if he still has the first pair of Jordans with that Apple but, stock money, there you go. I think about LA lights, but my first pair of LA lights yeah. back in the day. So anyways, um, yeah, shout out to pops. I, you do what you got to do. I, I probably would have sold it too. um, British Knights. Was that another light up footwear? 
Am I making that I, up? I don't know if I, I remember British Knights was like early nineties. I remember I remember them. I don't remember if they had the lights or not, but Okay, yeah. But that was a shoe, huh? Mm-hmm. That British was definitely Knights. a shoe, yeah, yeah. And LA I don't know why LA lights made me LA gear. Yeah, LA gear, LA lights, British Knights, uh yeah, just took me back to like uh late elementary middle school there. LA LA lights was a part of LA gear. Okay. So that was an LA gear shoe. And the starter jacket, and you were the stuff. Oh man, the starter jackets are starting to come back now. Just like everything. That. Well, else. it's it's about that time. It's been yeah. thirty years, so uh, that's about the time frame that stuff rolls are back around. So season ended, obviously, and so you were starting to see some action in the transfer portal. Uh, the first Golden Eagle that uh, we we've seen as of today is uh, Southern Miss linebacker, kind of a tweener, Michael Plias, a six foot three, two hundred and thirteen pound. Outside linebacker slash end. Um, so best of luck to him. I, I, I would be surprised if he was the, the last to enter the portal, but, um, you know, hey, best, best of luck to you and, and, uh, you know, wish you nothing but the best. And speaking of the portal, uh, I mean, we all know that, you know, FIU is a, a, a dumpster barge that is sinking and on fire at the same time, but just on Twitter today, uh, I, I'm, I'll be curious to see how many scholarship players they have left after just the max, mass exodus of FIU players to the portal today. I felt like every time I logged onto Twitter, it was another two or three FIU players. It was just crazy. Yeah. <clears throat> Can't blame FIU them. doing their best, uh, Southern Miss softball from last year. <laughs> hey, man. But look, I mean, that said, you know, uh, we were all concerned when the softball stuff was going down last year, uh, you know, rightfully so you didn't know what was going on. You got uh, a third of the team decides they're going to transfer out, but you know, uh, everything what, looks great. Yeah. What they're doing seems to be working. And that, that just goes to show that, uh, I mean, you, it needs to be the right match with the player's personality and the coach's personality, because uh, I would uh, imagine that, that uh, Wendy and the new coach had very different approaches to not only softball, but life uh, with him being an ex special forces dude. Um, so just not the right fit, but they've signed two really good recruiting classes back to back now and seem mm-hmm. to be building some positive momentum uh, right down fourth street. So uh, keep that softball rolling because those games are a whole lot of fun. Most definitely. So let's give a shout out to our, Sponsor bet with the three day bet with the three decade leader bet us join now with a 125% bonus by using our promo code TTTT125 or a 200% bonus with crypto by using our code TTTT200 bet sports casino horses pop culture and more at betus.com you bet you win you get paid bet us which brings us to the picks of the week last week. Both Shane and I were seven and three on the week. Jason slightly behind six and four, but he still has the overall lead. So I'm still in third place at 62 and 68. Shane is 64 and 66 and bump 66 and 64. He is um, in the positive as of right now. So he's got a two game lead over Shane and a four game lead over me. So, this next week is all about the conference championships and games delayed by COVID. So <laughs> we'll get started 
with the Conference USA Championship game, which will take place this Friday night, Western Kentucky is a one-point favorite at UTSA. Bump, what do you think? Stop me if you've heard this before, but uh, Bailey Zapp is awesome. <laughs> uh, but seriously, his stats this year, he's 4,968 yards, 52 TDs. You know, that's, that's solid. But then on the other side of the ball at UTSA and Sincere McCormick, who uh, will definitely be playing in the league one day, he's rushed for 1,275 yards and 12 TDs. Um, you know, how's UTSA going to respond after the loss? Uh, really hadn't played great football in three weeks and won two out of those three so something can be said for that this game is going to be in the alamo dome it's basically a pick them if that's the case indoors team that likes to throw it a lot put up a lot of points i got to go with uh bailey zap and uh western kentucky you picked western huh man you know this is a really tough one for me because uh uh, rolled through a lot of the reasons why I think UTSA may win this game. They just lost to North Texas. Maybe that opened their eyes. North Texas has, you know, turned into a bowl team there with the last victory of the year, which makes me think if the team's got some offense, can they take UTSA down? Oh, I can I can make up a, uh, a point here on Jason if I go the opposite direction, but I I think Western Kentucky goes in and takes us from them. I think I think uh, UTSA may struggle with a good offense, so I'm I'm going to go Western Kentucky as well. You know, UTSA won this game earlier in the season, but it was really close. Um, I think you've got two teams going in completely different directions, and yeah, I definitely agree that it, it's it feels like Western is is the pick right now. Then we have the Pac-12 championship game. Oregon is at Utah. Utah is a three-point favorite. Jason. So Utah won the other matchup uh, this year. Um, very evenly matched stat-wise. In fact, so evenly matched. Listen to this. Oregon is averaging 434.4 yards per game. Utah is averaging 434.3 yards per game. It gets better. Oregon, 33 points a game. Utah, 35. Uh, Oregon, 220 yards passing. Utah, 216. <laughs> 214 yards rushing for Oregon, 218 yards rushing for Utah. So, you know, they've played a lot of the same teams. They have the exact same numbers. Um, I like Utah better, so I'm going to take Utah. Yeah, um, I mean, Utah is a favorite for a reason. I'm going to have to be honest. I live on the East Coast. I have not watched a lot of Pac-12 football this year. It's just too damn late uh, to stay up and, and care what those folks are doing uh, and not going to end up winning a national title out of it anyway on the West Coast. So, um, you know, uh, my, my pick screen just disappeared there. Uh, Utah three, Oregon bump with, with Utah. I'm going to go with Oregon. I'm going to go with Oregon too. And you know, I, I, I'm a Southern Miss fan and, and that's really my only team, but I do enjoy watching those late night Oregon games. Um, you know, you get home from Southern Miss game, you're getting ready to go to bed. It's still on. Uh, it's, um, it looks like a, looks like a, a great place to play. It looks like a great place to go to a game. That's not why I'm picking them, um, but I'm going to go with Oregon in this one. Up next, we have the Big 12 championship. You've got Baylor at Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State is a five-and-a-half-point favorite. Number eight versus number seven. Oklahoma State 11-1, and one, Baylor 10-2. and two. 
the advantage here is Oklahoma State defense, uh, which has given up only 276 yards per game compared to Baylor, giving up 348 yards per game. So I will take Oklahoma State. Yeah, uh, I'm I'm going to go with Oklahoma State in this one, too. Um, from the little bit of Big 12 ball that I've watched this year, they just seem like uh, the, the better team, although the Baylor is no slouch. But I'm going to go with uh, uh, Stan, I'm a man, I'm 40, Van Gundy, and the Cowboys. You know, I think, you know, logically Oklahoma State is the pick, but I think Baylor's a sneaky pick here, so I'm going to go with Baylor. Then you've got I don't even know what conference this is. The what the the Mac it's the Mac. The Kent State How dare you. How <laughs> dare you not know what the Maction is? Kent Kent State is a two and a half point favorite against Northern Illinois. So Kent's averaging nearly five hundred yards a game offensively, uh, but they're only seven and five on the year. Um but then again they've won six out of their last eight games. Uh neither team really has a good defense. Kent State's hot. I got Kent. Uh, I'm actually going to go with Northern Illinois on this one. Um, there was, there, I was going to make some smart ass comment, but the whiskey washed it away. Uh, who knows? Oh, no, I remember what I was going to say. My buddy that spent, uh, you know, what translates into two and a half million dollars of Bitcoin on a semester of school at the University of Southern Mississippi, uh, is not what I would call a big college football fan. He, he pays attention to what the Eagles are doing, but he's not a diehard. But he's a gambling degenerate. And if that dude has texted me once about Mac football in the last month and a half, he has texted me 500 times because he discovered midweek Mac football to gamble on and it changed his life. Uh, so <laughs> I've kept up with a lot of action in the last month and a half just because he has been obsessed with it. And uh, it brought me into the fold. All right. Tangent over. Sorry. <laughs> I'm going to go with Kent State as well. I don't really have any friends that uh, picked either one of them. I'm just going to go with go with a, you know just really a, a dart throw here at this point. Um, up next, we've got Utah State at San Diego State. San Diego State is a five-and-a-half-point favorite. You know, First of all, I'd like to know what Southern Miss did with that Bitcoin back in the day that would be worth $2.5 mm. right now. He cashed it in. Oh, it was probably a volleyball facility. Oh, I got you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. no, we know where that goodness from, gracious. Unfortunately, which uh, which game wasn't you Bitcoin. Yeah, uh, this is uh, Utah State at San, or I'd say at Utah State in San Diego State. Yeah, so Utah State, um, Logan Bonner uh, has had himself a year: three thousand two hundred forty-two yards, thirty-two TDs, just ten interceptions. But I tell you what, I got to watch some of San Diego State's game the other day because. Um, uh, our good friend Gus Wiseman, who just moved to town from San Diego, has been out to the roost to watch a few games with me. He's uh, watched some he's uh, watched some basketball games too. Um, so you know he's from San Diego. He went to San Diego State, started watching a little bit of them. And I tell you what, the defense that they have this year, just from the little that I've watched, is crazy good. Kind of reminds me of some of those big time Southern Miss defenses that we all grew up watching. Um, they hadn't lost a game since Fresno back in October. They're hot. I got the Aztecs. Yeah, man. Um, This is a tough one for me because uh, San Diego State is a legitimately good football team. I've seen them play some. Uh, It's really hard for me to pick against our boy Blake Anderson um, at Utah State, which is where he is now. You know, he left Arkansas State, needed a fresh start, and 
and has obviously having a really good season out at Utah State. So I really don't want to pick against Blake, so I'm not going to. I'm going to go with Utah State. I'm going to go Utah State as well. Uh, just kind of a sneaky pick here. And um, you're going to see a trend here. People that have called plays at Southern Miss, I might pick them. So I'm going to go Utah State. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of the devil, up next we've got Georgia, and they are a six-and-a-half-point favorite against Alabama. Yeah, so Bryce Young is uh, is awesome, right? Uh, but that's Bama. I mean, Bama is Bama. But but really, Georgia's kind of been the best team in college football this entire season. Um, Georgia's got a defense that hadn't given up more than 17 points in a single game all year. And they got Todd freaking Munkin calling plays. So I got Georgia. In fact, I can't ever do an episode with screw top whiskeys again. It sounds like you're playing Yahtzee. Yeah, I'm I'm sitting here looking at my shelf as I pour this last pour of Maker's Mark cast strength in my glass, and I'm like, what the hell else is screw top? You know, I don't have a problem with screw top wine. It's more convenient, but um, I'm I'm glad that Weller went back to corks because. Uh, Half of the Wellers that I have on my shelf here are all screw top. That's going to present a problem because uh, I may do those next week. But anyway, um, screw top whiskey. I'm not a fan. Uh, Georgia is the the best team in college football. Um, Todd Munkin is a football god. I'm still blocked by him on Twitter. If anybody has a connection and can fix that for me, I'd, I'd greatly appreciate it. But um, – Bama's good this year, but this is a down year for Bama. They they were lucky to squeeze out of Auburn uh, with a win. If it weren't for these crappy new overtime rules uh, or or better decisions by Auburn, really, they probably should have lost that game. So I'm going with Munkin and the Bulldogs. Yeah, I got to roll with Todd Munkin. I mean, you know, he's he's kind of taken a situation where they've been banged up and he's made clearly made the, the most of it. And that being said, I think they have a tremendous defense and you know, Nick Saban's still Nick Saban, but he's not Todd Munkin. So I'm going to go with the Georgia Bulldogs. Then we have the AAC. Well, this is the AAC championship game, but these teams are headed to the big 12 Houston and Cincinnati. Cincinnati is a 10 and a half point favorite. Yeah. So Cincinnati is sorry. My wife had to come in here and hand me a bottle of liquor. Shane's struggling with his thumps, so I thought I would add to the mix. Nice. Um, so, uh, so yeah, Cincinnati's undefeated, of course. Uh, these teams have not played each other this year, I don't think. Um, Houston scores a lot, but also can give up a bunch. Well, they're both really good, um, but the better team here is Cincinnati. The better defense is Cincinnati. Um, but ten and a half points, man. You know what? I think I'm gonna I think I'm gonna switch my pick here, and I'm gonna go with Houston. Ten and a half is just quite a bit. I'm gonna go Houston. Kind of like I'll never bet against the Golden Eagles. I hate the Houston Cougars with an actual passion. I hate both of them. I I can't I can't with good conscience uh, vote for Houston in anything. But that said. Uh, I've watched a couple of Houston games this year, and I wasn't impressed with them. Uh, so yeah, they threw up some points on some crappier teams, but um, uh, I'm comfortable with ten and a half here. I think the Bearcats roll the Cougs in this game. I'm gonna go with the Bearcats as well. You know, hopefully this win propels them into a, a shot in the playoffs. But uh, if you know, 
playoffs aren't necessarily about what's fair, but yeah, Cincinnati um, definitely has a, has an opportunity here to, to really finish strong. And I think they do just that. Then we have the big 10 championship game. One of the big surprises of last week, Michigan is a 10 and a half point favorite over our doppelganger, Iowa. It's kind of like the last game, really. Cincinnati Houston game. Um, Michigan should win the game, uh, but will they do enough to uh, to cover that ten and a half? Um, Michigan averages 150 more yards per game offensively uh, than uh, Iowa does, and they only give up 17.2 points per game. So, unlike the last game where I think Houston has a shot to keep it close, even though I think Cincinnati's going to win, I feel like Michigan might be able to run away with this one. So I'm going to take the uh, Wolverines. Yeah, uh, I think Michigan opened a lot of eyes with their big win over Ohio State this past uh, weekend. The 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 people that I'm working with now, uh, my boss and, and the guy that owns the companies uh, uh, and several of his family family members work for the companies. They're all Michigan folks, uh, so I'm being being uh, introduced into that fold, and uh, yeah, so I got to go with the Wolverines. I'm going with the Wolverines as well. You know, solid weekend last week, and uh, you know, Iowa, we we still owe you. So there you go. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the, next, we got the Pitts, Pittsburgh Panthers and Wake Forest. Pittsburgh is a three point favorite. Number seventeen versus number eighteen. Both of them are ten and two. Um, it's got a possibility to be a shootout here. Uh, Wake's offense. Here's here's the deal. Wake's offense has the nation's eleventh best passing attack, and, and Pitt's defense ranks 113th uh, against the pass in the country. So, um, but then Pittsburgh's won four in a row. Mm. Uh, I'll take Pittsburgh. Good, good. I'm glad you're taking Pittsburgh because. Uh, I'm staying true to North Carolina and sticking with the Demon Deacons. Uh, they've been playing some good ball this year. Uh, if if somebody would have told you that the ACC championship this year would be Pittsburgh and Wake Forest, would you have laughed at them? <laughs> I mean, pretty much. If you would have like, like any of these championship games, with the exception of Georgia versus Alabama, I probably wouldn't have. That's true. You know, like pretty well, much all of these. Baylor, are, Oklahoma State's pretty, pretty ludicrous and, and Big 12, too. So, yeah. Yeah. Okay. And, yeah. Point taken. And uh, hey, and, you know, Coastal Carolina not playing for the Sunbelt Championship. It's like, you know, it's kind of wild. So yeah. uh, I'm going to go with I'm going to go with the Pittsburgh Panthers. Then we have the, 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 the I was confused by this game earlier. USC and, and Cal, which is a makeup COVID makeup game. Uh, Cal is a four-point favorite. Yes, yeah, so I don't know anything about either one of these. I even tried to look up a little bit, but I got confused by it too because I was like, why is this a championship game and both teams are four and seven? I don't get it. But then it turns out it's not. It's just a replay because of COVID and from early November. Anyway, um, I'm going to take Cal, and I have no reason whatsoever. Uh, I'm going to take Cal surely for the fact that Lincoln Riley isn't in Los Angeles yet. So, um, yeah, Bears. Cal is definitely the smart pick, but I want to say that uh, Lincoln Riley brings a little bit of that Will Hall final game magic, and uh, they're able to 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 pull it out. So I'm going to go with the Trojans in USC. Then we have the last game, the game of the slate, our future conference mates, 
the Sunbelt Championship, App State at Louisiana Lafayette. So App's 10-2. and two. Um, Lafayette just lost their coach. I mean, I, mm-hmm. I, is he gone yet? Is yeah, he going to coach? Yeah. I think he's coaching yeah. this weekend. Uh, yeah, he's coaching this weekend, then he's gone. Okay, he's going to coach this weekend. This is just a weird situation to be in. But then it's also uh, in Lafayette, this game is. Um, Apps won six in a row. Every time I watch them play, I'm, I'm impressed with them. But every time I've watched Louisiana play, I'm pretty impressed with them. I like both teams. Um, and I really want to take App, but there's – I don't know. There's, it, it, I'm just not positive if they're going to do the whole win one for the Gipper thing or if they're all just pissed off that he's leaving. I don't know. Um, but either way, I'm going to take the home team here since it's such a close uh, point spread. And um, – and I will take the uh, I'll take the Cajuns. Yeah, I, I may be mistaken here, but you said the the Mountaineers won six in a row. I believe the last game they lost is when Louisiana trounced them in Lafayette earlier this year. Uh, it is really hard to beat the same team twice in a football season, so that's got me a little worried. Um, but. I think Napier goes out, has got those guys ready to win a championship, and I think they take it down there in uh, southwest Louisiana. So I'm going to go with the Cajuns. I'm going to go with App State. App State's kind of, you know, it's, it's another team of, uh, another case of teams heading in slightly different direction. I mean, although Lafayette really hasn't gone down, um, I think I think App State is, is kind of feeling like the stronger team right now. So I'm going to go with App State, even though, the game is in Louisiana. So we had uh, Southern Miss played uh, basketball, played in Missoula, Montana, in a tournament this past week. Uh, it was a very interesting tournament, very uh, you know solid performance from the Golden Eagles. Jason, you're going to give us some updates on the Southern Miss basketball stats from the past week. How was that? Nice. How was that? Nice. <laughs> Poor little. Well, here. Um, so yeah, so the uh, the Zootown Classic from Missoula, Montana. Uh, we nobody got to watch but one of the games because they're all somehow streamed by ESPN three or ESPN uh, plus. And, but I don't know, only one of them was available. It was the weirdest thing of all time. I can't explain it. But um, and then we got to listen to uh, what's his name? Who was the guy? Harris. Yeah, I can't remember his name. I know you're talking about Harris. Called the game. Did great. I really enjoyed it. Um. So the first game uh, against UNC Wilmington, uh, Southern Miss wins 80 to 66. Um, Rashad Bolden just absolutely went off on his way to being named uh, that Conference USA Freshman of the Week. Um, so he scored 29 points. He was 11 of 12 from the field, including five of six from three-point range and two for two from the line. Can't have a much better day than that. Stevenson added in 15 points. Isaiah Moore went 13 and 11 for another double double. Um, Napper getting healthier by the day and had six points and six assists with that turf toe that he's been nursing. USM led 33, uh, 37 to 23 at the half. Uh, then both teams scored 43 in the second half. Um, and I know we made a lot of shots, but uh, but one glaring issue was was rebounding. We held uh, we only we had 32 total rebounds, and only one of those was an offensive rebound. So moving forward, I think that Ladner would try to uh, correct that just a little bit. But overall, first game, great. 80 to 66, 2,100 miles away. It's freezing outside. Good win. 
The next game we had to play was versus UC San Diego. We won this game 56 to 55. And UC San Diego um, is, I know that the, the season is, is, is young, but they already have wins this year over Cal and George Washington, who are traditionally pretty good basketball schools. So it was nice to get a win over a team like that. Sutter Miss only one three-point basket. We had seven of those in game one. That's kind of how this team rolls. Uh, some games we shoot pretty good. Some games we literally cannot buy a basket. The best part about that that is the last couple of years, we probably would have lost this game. So it was nice to see that we could come out with a victory. Um, we out-rebounded UC San Diego 43-34 to and had 11 offensive rebounds. So we went from one offensive rebound the first game to 11 in the second. Hopefully that was uh, that was an emphasis that Ladner and uh, Coach Rowan and Spoon uh, all put on the guys. Um, obviously, so if we're not hitting three-pointers right, we scored a bunch of points in the paint. We had 38 points in the paint to be exact. Stevenson went 13-11 and 11 for a double-double. Moore went 10-10 and 10 for another double-double. Seems like he does it every single game. Jerron Pierre had a good game, 13-6. and um, It actually hit our only three-pointer that we had. Napper, again, solid off the bench, 12 points and seven assists. Uh, we didn't have the lead, you know, a, a whole lot at all. I think there was four lead changes during the game, but for the most part, we played from behind. And um, but, the, the, you know, the, the the only time we had the lead that, that really mattered was at the buzzer. So good win. Then we have one more game against the host team, the Montana Grizz. Lost that game 74 to 62. You know, it was our third game. and It was supposed to be their third game, and UNC Wilmington had to bow out of the tournament from a flu outbreak so montana actually played a game then saturday then played another game you have to think that that probably played a factor um even though our guys look great uh, you guys watched it it didn't look like we were we were tired um it looked like we just you know we kind of do what we do and we don't make shots sometimes but you have to think that that might have played at least a little a little part uh, um, we actually had yeah I'm going to be honest, uh, that was a late start for me. The game started at 9.30 here. Sure. I fell asleep with nine minutes to go, and I think we were up when I fell asleep. If we weren't up, we were only down by like two. And I woke up, and the game had ended, and we lost. And I was like, what the hell happened? That's, I was yeah, awake, I, and we were doing great. Yeah, I mean, you know, the legs probably had a little bit of an issue, um, but, it, but it just didn't look like it. Um, we, we play so many guys, and, and – um, I don't know. It, 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 just, it looked like a game that we kind of always play. They were a little bit better than us. Maybe they were a little fresher. They obviously didn't have a 2,100-mile trip that they had to make. So. But they, I thought we played guys, fine. They don't lose many games at home. Uh, that's one of the things that they were talking about on the feed uh, when we were up there in, in the early second half is they were talking about you know how few games that Montana loses at home uh, it's a really impressive record. I mean, they've, they've got a decent basketball team. It, it's uh, no reason to hang our heads for losing that one. Um, but, yeah. Sure. Uh, uh, well, you. the big deal from that game, uh, I don't know. Well, this was really early. Um, you had to have seen this when Tay Hardy left the game uh, early in the first half with some kind of arm injury, it looked like. I haven't heard a thing about it, but it looked horrible on TV. So I don't know what's going on there. Um, I'm not a doctor. But I noticed his arm looked like it had about four different elbows. So that's probably not great. And, and that, have you guys heard anything? I have not heard anything, but yeah, it was not good. Yeah. Bright spots from the game. Uh, number one, we were leading at halftime. 
which is good. Uh, number two, Stevenson and Moore led the way yet again. Those guys are really just dominating. Stevenson with 21 and 11. Isaiah Moore, 17 and 4. Um, Pinkney is a bright spot. And in my opinion, I'd like to see Pinkney play a little bit more basketball. Uh, when he gets in there, he just has a calmness about him. And he can he's one of the few guys that I feel like can shoot the ball on this team. Um, he finished with 12 points, eight rebounds, and hit two huge three-pointers. So uh, nice to see Pink get in there and uh, getting his legs up under him a little bit. Napper with seven more assists. The guy just knows how to dish it. Um, and Bolden played a ton this game uh, because Hardy was out, obviously. Uh, played in 33 minutes and got seven points on the night. So... All in all, you know, I think if you'd have told me before the thing started like if, that we go two and one, I think I'd have taken it. Um, so, you know, it was nice to be two and zero, especially going in that last game, and and really, you know, still not not playing bad, just not getting the win. Um, but but definitely that second game of the tournament, I think we lose that game last year. So oh, I think sure. we're turning a corner. Yeah, you definitely yeah. get the athletic ability. I mean. I mean that's that's what really stood out to me. I mean we we still struggle with with shooting, but the athletic ability and the effort was there, uh, particularly on the defensive side of the ball. Sure, athletic no ability and and size. I mean we look like a D one basketball team out there. Uh, so there was even a, a point in the Mizzou game where uh, their guys were talking about how our size was giving them them problems. So yeah, uh, very you know, weird to hear. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. Uh, as somebody that's followed Southern Miss basketball for quite a long time, it's been a while since size has been uh, something we've had on our side. So, uh, you know, um, we didn't win the tournament up there, but uh, I, I'm seeing progress with the basketball team, which is nice. So if we can keep that going, uh, you know, uh, roll that, that progress forward and, and keep building upon what Ladner's uh, already done, um, let's we'll, we'll get there. Uh, He's. Uh, I feel like he's taking the Will Hall approach and, and trying to build it right. So we'll we'll see. And the percentage were better on the Friday night game, but on the Thursday game, you know, we won 56 to 55, uh, shooting one for 10 from three. So 10 percent from three, and we ended. We still won the game. So that's mm-hmm. that's that's. Uh, we'll take that anytime we can get it. So upcoming for Southern Miss uh, this Wednesday. At South Alabama, Southern Miss and South Alabama. This game will be on ESPN+. Plus. Then on Saturday, December the 4th, Southern Miss will be at Southern Illinois, the Salukis. That game will be on ESPN3 at 8 p.m. And uh, the Golden Eagles will have the next week off before returning home to take on Loyola of Louisiana on Saturday, December 12th at 2 p.m. Um, Shane, why don't, you, why don't you bring us up to date on women's basketball? Yeah, uh, women's basketball had a couple of games last week. Uh, they hosted their yearly Thanksgiving tournament uh, that, that we host there in the Berg. Uh, in the first game, Friday, November the 26th, the Lady Eagles actually fell uh, pretty handily to University of Arkansas Pine Bluff, 76-57. Uh, to 57. Uh, but bounce back on Saturday, the 27th, with a win against Mississippi Valley State University, 72 to 53. Uh, Lauren Gross was the high scoring Lady Eagle in that game with 15 points. Uh, this week, Wednesday, December 1st, the Lady Eagles had, are at Georgia State. And then Sunday, December 5th, they're at South Alabama. So two future uh, Sunbelt Conference opponents this week. We'll see how the Lady Eagles stack up in, in our future conference. 
Absolutely. All right. Well, oh, got well I, I forgot to update their record, too. The Lady Eagles currently sit at four and two after a one and one week last week. All right. Uh, I know we're getting to the end of the show here. Do you guys have any shout outs? Uh, <clears throat> whiskey. I have a few shout outs here. Actually, I have it's quite fine. a few shout outs. Uh, you know, f- from that game this weekend, it was just so fun. I kept running into people and through all the stuff that we did leading up to that. Uh, this is going to get a little long. But uh, first of all, I want to give a shout out to Andrew and Olin from uh, College Football Tour. So glad that those guys stopped by. I hope they had a good time. I think they did. You know, it's fun to see them. I-, I can't wait to see the little uh, YouTube clip that they put out. So, you know, you can go to College Football Tour on uh on YouTube and follow that. And then I think it's college football tour on Twitter and everything else. So, um, go look those guys up, uh, in the stands, uh, Jamie, um, I don't know if you noticed our guy, Rudy was behind us again. Uh, yeah, yeah. heroes up Rudy Bracey. Uh, always nice to see him. Margie Jepson came and, uh, swung by the tent and Marge. hung out for just a little bit. Yeah. I told her she was our Twitter mom. And I was like, you know what? I hope she, I was like, I hope you don't, hope you aren't offended by this, but, uh, We've kind of started calling you our Twitter mom, and she was like, "That's great." And, you know, and she t- <laughs> she took it, and ran with it. Yeah, so it was always nice Just, to see Margie. Marge, I want you to know that there are things that I don't say on this show that I don't say because I don't want to offend you. <laughs> I'll leave it at that. Um, and this is a huge shout out here, Jason over at Played Against Sports. Man, he hooked us up with those super bag shirts. Oh, nobody wow. wanted to do it, right? You know, Jason nobody. Tennyson made those. Yes. Um, so, so, so like, but, but look, man, I, I called like, I called all the normal places, right? I don't give out any names, but, and, and granted, I mean, they're busy right now. It's a holiday week. Uh, I, I said, look, it's Monday. Uh, I know Thanksgiving's this week, but I need these shirts by the weekend. And so several places just kind of laughed me out of there. Well, Jason said, I got you, you know, so he made it happen. Because um, Jason Townsend is top notch people. Him and his wife, Katie. Uh, go support Played Against Sports. They don't sponsor the show, but they're good Golden Eagle fans and they're really good people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so, and tying into that, uh, Coach Hall and Coach Joseph, like we mentioned earlier, they both got a shirt. Uh, they loved it. Um, and shout out to the Superbacks themselves, Frank, Demarcus, Rambo, and Dejan. Love those guys. And uh, we didn't talk about this, but something else that happened at the game. Shane, I don't know. I, this was before the game. During the senior uh, ceremony, so and our good friend Jason Baker had told us, pay attention to the senior thing because there's something it's really cool that's going to happen. So me and Jamie were like all tuned in, right? I told him about it. And we we're like watching every move. We're like 15 minutes into it, I'm like, you know what? I gotta go to the bathroom. And as I'm going up there, <laughs> I turn around and Taj Sykes is hitting the knee, getting engaged out there. So that was so cool. Um, did you see that? Uh, I did not see it on television, but uh, Twitter did bring it to my attention. And okay. man, so happy for Taj. He's yeah. he's been such a big piece of our defensive line for the last four-ish years. Uh, you know, happy for him and and his fiance. That's awesome. Yeah, very cool. Um, just a couple more here. I, I ran into a listener while I was at the in the, in the beer line. His name is Perry. Uh, I said he listens every week, so shout out to Perry. And the last shout-out that I have, uh, Ricky Riles and Joey Beatty sat about four or five rows behind us. Uh, those guys are great, you know, from back in college, and uh, nice to catch up again. What about you, Shane? 
Um, yeah, I, I didn't get to go to the game. Uh, the game feels like it was five weeks ago at this point in time since it was a holiday weekend and we were hanging out with uh, Catherine's dad's side of the family around here. Had a blast. But, yeah, it, uh, no no individual shout-outs for me, but I will go ahead so Jamie can wrap up the show later without me interrupting him and let you know what got unscrewed this evening instead of thumped. Uh, but uh, went with regular makers, Mark. That was uh, back in the day uh, going to Southern Miss football games. I either had makers, Mark or wild turkey 101, depending on the mood I was in uh, to drink. And so makers, Mark holds a special place in my heart. And I've got uh, a, a random selection of their bottles, including uh, I'll throw it in on the pick uh, tonight when I post what I've, I've drank. But back in the day at the, uh, the, liquor store there at fourth street and 28th Avenue. I got a maker's mark with black and gold wax on it, which was really cool. Hmm. Um, but have not, not opened that one may never open that one. No, just cause it's got cool black and gold wax. I don't know if we ever win a national championship, maybe we'll open that one. Uh, so I think it's safe, but, uh, <laughs> not only my maker's mark, which is, was a special father's day, uh, label from last year. So it actually has my name on the label, but, then stepped up to Makers 101, which uh, is an expression that they they put out this past year for for wide release. It used to be kind of a, a special offering that you could get. Um, that's kind of my perfect proof for whiskey, right around 100 to 110. So uh, I think regular Makers Mark should be Makers 101, and they should just leave it at that. Uh, and then stepped it up uh, a notch above that to Makers Mark cast strength for the final pour at 110 proof. So... Um, yeah, ran the whole whole gamut and and uh, um, potencies of Maker's Mark. It was delicious. Um, I got to reiterate the the shout out to Andrew and Olin with the college for, uh, college football tour. Super guys had a great time. It was I'm glad they they came through and and hung out with us. Enjoyed talking to them. Enjoyed talking to some Chicagoans and Olin also uh, used to cheer at App State. So we had some good conversations about what the future of the conference may hold. Um, Ran into Adam Grimsley before the game in Eagle Walk. Good to see him. And I, if I if I double, I tried to delete the names that Jason just said. So there were so <laughs> many people. Uh, Rand Davidson, uh, Jim Cole came by. It was good to see. Good to see Jim Blake Ham. Of course, Patrick Lowry. Uh, really enjoyed getting to catch up with him. And uh, Mallory Jordan Bunkley. It was her last game as a Dixie Dollar, and she's been a friend of the That's show. Right. So shout out to Mallory on her her last game at Southern Miss. All right. So coming up. We've obviously got Southern Miss basketball. We've got the inevitable loss to South Alabama this Wednesday night, given that they are <laughs> South Alabama. We've got we've got a football recruiting season coming up, and um, just a really uh, you know a push forward baseball season's right around the corner. So a lot a lots to look forward to. We'll be here every week for all of it. Hope you guys enjoyed it, and as always, Southern Miss to the top. Talk. Could play for Alabama, USC, or Notre Dame. You have lots of things to offer, but Southern Mississippi put you all shame. I was born here in Hattiesburg, never ventured far away. When it comes to playing football. 
Here in Eagle Heaven is where I'm gonna stay. I could play for North Carolina, Ohio State, RLSU. You play a good game of football, but Southern Mississippi is a whole lot better than you. season is over and done. The fans here in Hattiesburg will be proud of what we've done. I could play for the Georgia Bulldogs, Florida State, or Tennessee. But I chose Southern Mississippi. And right here at home is where I'll always be. I could play for Alabama, USC, our Notre Dame, you have lots of things to offer, but Southern Mississippi puts you all to shame. I could play for North Carolina, Ohio State, or LSU. You play a good game of football, but Southern Mississippi is a whole lot better than you. Call Katie Case Bailey with Dunbar Real Estate for all of your real estate needs. Katie Case Bailey, Realtor Extraordinaire. Something to show, something to list, something to sell. Call today at 601-408-9980. 